How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Speed for it, cheer for uh, kind of like it. On the right wing side, here is Defoley. Shoots, he scores! Yeah, this is it. This is what we do. Battling through it and finding a way. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Last week when we finished, we hoped so hard that the Kings would still be at the top of the division. And it turns out they are. Color me surprised. For, especially because right after they did lose the next game. So I was like, ooh, maybe it's not so great. But but they, they recovered. They, they won their first back-to-back situation, both games. So positive news for us. For the Kings. Yeah, and I'm the happy. other time it was just, you know, I mean, they lost in overtime, so it wasn't terrible. Uh, still got a point out of it. And most importantly, they were still looking good in that game. Um, things just didn't fall in their favor, so it wasn't really, it wasn't that bad. I'm feeling real good about this start, and I'm kind of afraid about it. Yeah, so, so far they have nine points out of a possible ten. Um, their record is 4 one um, apparently, I read that this is the best record through five games in LA Kings history. Doesn't which, surprise me. <laughs> yeah, seems so true. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and they have leaped um, Vegas, who has eight points. So, great start. I hope they can keep it up as long as possible. Um, on the broadcast the other day, yesterday, Jim Fox was talking about how, or Jim Fox and, um, Alex, we're talking about how the next 10 games, I think it is, something like that, are all against teams who were in the playoffs last season. So it could be challenging, um, but hopefully they come out winners more than losers. I think they can. They, they have nice energy so far. I think so they far. can, and I think for a lot of teams throughout the league, it's, uh, it's a different it's a different league. It's a different team. A lot of teams that um, were at the bottom of the league last year are having a pretty good start so far. So, you know, who knows how it's going to go, even if those teams made the playoffs. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean anything in, you know, this season's uh, play. True, yeah. And, like, one of those teams, um, like like Montreal, is not having a great start. Um, there, there's an, just enough fluctuation that I'm not like absolutely terrified by some of the teams that they have to face. Um, and I think the Kings have changed stuff up enough and have some confidence because of their start that they at least have a fighting chance. Even if we end up watching a bunch of games like the game against the Islanders where it stayed pretty competitive and close for the majority of the game, I think the Kings, like, it was great to see that they can keep pace um, with different teams so far. It was good to see, you know, they can pull out extra goals. That was always, like, or is historically kind of the thing that we all are afraid of is, like, okay, but are they going to score more goals? When they went down two in whatever game it was, already I've forgotten, but I was, like, you know, last season, I would have thought, oh, they're down two goals. They're probably not going to come back. <laughs> but this season, they proved that they can find ways to pull out more goals. Yeah, and cool. most importantly, at least in my eyes, they can score goals on the power play, which was such a problem before. But um, mm-hmm. it seems like, God, the Sabres game, besides Tanner Pearson's empty net goal, it was all power play goals, um, which is amazing and unheard of and I like it. Yeah, that was nuts. So apparently the Kings power play was 0 for 16 to start in the first few games, the first 3 games, but then the last two they're 4 for 5. So just all of a sudden the goals came, which is great because it seemed like they were doing a pretty good job of cycling on the power play and stuff but just weren't getting the goals, um weren't getting the puck to the back of the net and that seems to have changed to go hand-in-hand hand with that. Their penalty kill has been pretty strong the last couple games. Um, so, yeah, good stuff for the Kings, and I hope that they keep that up. Same, same. Um, good news, Alec Martinez is back in the lineup. I mean, they always said that his injury was probably going to be day-to-day, not long-term, but I'm glad to see that has carried out. Um, on the flip side, Kyle Clifford has been placed on IR, so he was listed as week-to-week whatever that means. I'm not, I don't know. Have you seen if they've said anything about what exactly happened to his arm? Did he separate a shoulder or I haven't seen any update about that in particular, but to be fair, I also haven't been looking. So yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't noticed anything anything. at least. And I mean, 
pure speculation, but the way he was kind of holding it, not moving it when he got injured, I thought maybe he had dislocated it. So maybe it's like that where they just popped it back in and it needs some time to stop being sore. Um, but yeah, he is out for a little while. Um, but Alec Martinez is back. So give and take in terms of the roster. And in the meantime, at least, you know, the Kings have young guys and stuff who've been able to step in and step up. And that's been really fun to watch them kind of flourish still. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that they're getting uh, the chances to really play more games and like consistently because before it was kind of like, oh, you've had your chance and and off you go, you're done. Um, But they've been cycled through fairly consistently and it's been good to see them able to play and I think like the the Kings winning gives them a lot of confidence so that kind of improves their play and like everyone's everyone's benefiting from this great start and having the rookies play as well now that I'm like watched the new guys a few games I'm so I'm getting to that point where I'm like weirdly desperate for like Ayafalo and campaign like those people to score <laughs> um, I just want them to have that moment of celebration especially because sometimes it seems like even the rest of the team is trying so hard <laughs> to get them because they're always available they're both really good at like driving to the net and stuff like that so it seems like the guys are like all right let me get it to them so that they can get the you know the tip in or whatever and it, it has to come. I need it. I They've need to see it. They've been doing an amazing job of getting themselves open. Um, and yes, you're right. I would love to see them score a goal. And everyone's trying so hard. I love those things when you can tell that people are trying to get someone to score a goal. Or like, you know, if someone's on the verge of a hat trick, all of a sudden they're getting all of the passes. Or if it's like some yeah. big milestone game, you got to give them the puck more so that they can score something. You kind of see that a little because um, they're, they're feeling like, they're they're feeling hot in their play and so i think the other players are definitely trying to capitalize on that um but like i follow uh got a goal but i think it, or not a goal a point but it ended up being off of uh dustin brown so he got the goal but i mean which is lovely because i feel like every other goal that i see has the words dustin brown like in front of the net uh either screening the goalie or like redirecting the puck and that has been amazing to hear that's like just where that's just where i want dustin brown to be making plays putting his big butt in front of the goalies it's been fantastic yeah um what i have written down in the notes is dustin brown you're doing amazing <laughs> sweetie which is accurate 100 how i feel it has been so exciting to see him just through these first few games like getting um the pucks being really you know he's always aggressive um but also seeing all of that pay off with the points and stuff too so um he has seven points four goals three assists in five games second only to Andre Kobitar which is I was about to say so vintage but really like 2012 Dustin Brown (laughs) so it's exciting I I don't know what it is I think it's because he struggled for a like a number of years now that I'm just like every time I don't think I get as excited for anybody else as I do when Dustin well, Brown scores goals. It just yeah, feels really great. Yeah, he struggled for so long, and then he has like a, a reputation of being like just like an overly aggressive player. And I know that a lot of people hate him for like you know elbows and knees and things like that. And then he got the captaincy taken from him, or like shifted, I guess is a, a better phrase for it. And he didn't jump back right away, so he had that sort of like morose last season where he couldn't really jump back from not being captain anymore and you're like oh is this is this it like not that it would be the end but like will his play and will his confidence come back and it was questionable uh last year but this year it's looking pretty darn good so far right so he was asked about this um because we're obviously not the only person or the only person, we're actually two people, we're not the only people who have noticed that he seems to have some spring in his step, you know, he's getting the bounces and whatnot so far. Um, And so they just asked him, like, did you change anything? What's happening? And apparently, like, physically, he hasn't. He basically did the same thing that he did last year. Although I thought it was really funny on the broadcast that Jim Fox was like, he mentioned that he came in at the weight he usually ends the season on, so he's a little heavier. Um... But overall, he didn't change that much physically. What Dustin Brown said to reporters was that, quote, it's just a change in mindset, really. I had a rough few years there. You just got to analyze it, look at it from a detached standpoint and see what 
of it you can change to make better. It was just one of those things that was kind of glaring um, going home with the game, and you just never get a mental break from it. And then when things are not going well, it kind of snowballs into week after week, and pretty soon you're not having any fun. Um, and then he kind of reiterated that point, and so apparently what the big difference is for the Kings so far this season, last season, they weren't having fun. This season so far, they're having a great time. <laughs> so, it's all, it's all, trust, it's all trust falls and team building exercises. Uh, (laughs) just have fun and play well, I guess, is the King's uh, mantra and uh, secret weapon this season. What it made me think of, too, was not that this is like they're poised to win the Stanley Cup for sure, but it made me think of in that season where they won the Cup again. um, Guys were saying that a lot in those interviews that was like, oh, it's just like a joy to come to the rink and hang out with each other. And I think we've always seen that the team is pretty close-knit and um, pretty private, too. like they're very protective of each other in that way even though they love hanging out together like they don't broadcast it a ton um so it's not like they stopped being close but at some point in there apparently like they just stopped having a great time doing the work part <laughs> um so it's nice that that has changed and that the vibe is different because hopefully that you know translates into results because they're a little bit more motivated and excited to be there and, I think and a lot that's of cool. the pressure is off on them you know, like, coaching yeah. has changed, management has changed, there's been a lot of, like, team uh, lineup shakeups. so I think because it's not just, like, one piece has been moved, so everyone has to say the same, and if you don't, you are, you know, the weak point of it all, uh, everything's different, so who knows what's going to work, so everyone's a little bit more relaxed, because that pressure can really, like, everyone always talks about how a lot of this is, like, a mindset thing, so I think the pressure of that of, you know, winning two Stanley Cups so close together and then, you know, not making the playoffs kind of puts a lot of pressure on everyone to continue to do well at the same pace and at the, and in the exact same way that they've always done it. Now that they've seen that it's not pl- uh, like possible for them, it's it's like taking a weight. It, like you can see it's kind of taking a weight off their shoulders to do something different or find something else that works. Yeah, exactly. They have some more freedom to be creative and just try stuff out to, yeah, it's really, it's, I don't know, it's really exciting to, to watch like we talked about last week. Um, and also somebody, it was probably I think the mayor, pointed out that the Kings have gotten this great start so far. And again, it's only five games, but they have this five game start that's really exciting and, you know, mostly winning um, with lineups that Daryl Sutter would never have put on the ice, at least not in those combinations. So um, I think that's probably a little bit of a testament to the fact that like these guys were ready for, you know, to try some different stuff. And so far it's working. Who knows if it will always keep working exactly this way, but um, it looks like they're really rising to the challenge to figure out what's next for this team. Yeah, I mean, like it's, it's just like, like if you have friends in elementary school and then you don't talk to them anymore, it doesn't mean that they're like bad friends or you never meant anything. It was just, you guys were friends for a time. And, like, those were your high school friends and your college friends. So, you know, that was your 2012-2014 Stanley, winning, uh, Stanley Cup winning coach. And those teammates may not work anymore. It doesn't mean that it was bad. Just time for something new. So I think everyone should just I, – I like this moving on portion of it. This is very good to see. Yeah, me too. I'm, I was ready for it, and now I'm like, yes, this is great so far, and I just want that feeling – to continue as much as possible this season. Um, It's weird. Like, I don't really have a ton of expectations for them, other than, like, obviously I want them to make the playoffs. But it, I don't have a lot of expectations, but it's different from, like, a season or two ago where it was like, I don't have any expectations because they're probably (laughs) not going to do well. (laughs) Whereas, like, this one, it's not like they've definitely gotten exponentially better, but that unknown factor kind of at least makes it like, you know what? Anything can it, happen. <laughs> sure. It let's really isn't it. anything can happen. Like you're you're right. It's I'm the same way. I'm just like, all I really want them to do is make the playoffs and for like my personal players to hit the goals that we have like arbitrarily <laughs> right. set for them. Uh, that's basically all I have um, in terms of expectations. But you're right. It's not tinged with sort of like that exasperation of like, oh, well, they it's probably not going to happen. So I might as well hope for it. But it's not 
it's not going to happen, so I'm right, not going right. to put too much effort into it. Now I'm just like, well, everyone's having fun. We're all having fun. Big family. Let's just have a good time. Go out there and play ball. You know, it's just a very, like, freewheeling feeling. But I do very much hope that they make the playoffs because uh, that would make life. That's just like the cherry on top of the Sunday there. Yeah, totally. Like, I have no idea what will happen if slash when they make the playoffs, but I hope they at least make it that far, and then we'll see. But, Who knows? It man, could be a I'm, like, thinking time. about it now. They won the Cup in 2014. It is 2017, or it'll be the 2018 season, and we're already just like, nah, whatever. They're fine. Do whatever. You know? <laughs> um, just graduate high school, go to class. Like, we don't expect anything else. <laughs> right. Go to community yeah. college. Find yourself. Just get your associate's <laughs> yes. degree. Oh, Find yeah. yourself, and then <laughs> um, we'll talk later. Is kind of the the level we're setting here, which is not a bad thing. It's just a very drastic change from not too long ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> Where we were like, anyway, we're thinking about the Stanley Cup yeah. final already. <laughs> we've been humbled. Oh, we, yeah, we've definitely been humbled. <laughs> and I think, like, part of it, too, isn't even necessarily that I think the Kings don't have talent. It's just so many teams have changed so rapidly. And we've had, I mean, I don't know if I count last year's draft or I should say this past draft as much, but the two before that were just like had crazy talent coming out of them in the first couple rounds. So those teams have those new players and they're doing big things. It's like the Kings haven't had quite that advantage yet in terms of picking up new guys and being able to make leaps in terms of speed and stuff that quickly. So it's like I'm thinking about that, but at the same time, I do think obviously the Kings still have plenty of talent on the roster so that's like all right let's let's see what happens <laughs> let's see what transpires yeah with it's this true team. all those people that came in uh all those players play all the new draftees play like a similar style but a different style than what like the old guard is playing and so because the king's love a, a grizzled veteran that doesn't learn new tricks <laughs> they are very slow to kind of change because so many teams were having all of those players, the entire play of the league changed. And so the Kings were, you know, uh, a late ad- a late adopter to that uh, sort of play. So now they're kind of, you know, filtering them in a little, figuring out a new thing. Uh, and so I finally think that the Kings can be a little bit more competitive in kind of this new era of speed and a different type of skating. Yeah, they're working on it. They're trying to get there, but they are because they didn't, you know, get to grab some of those top guys. They couldn't just jump right into it. Um, But so, yeah, it's like it leaves some question marks in, in the long term, especially in something like the playoffs where it just becomes way more intense than sort of a track meet anyway. We'll see. But I will say, well, I have two thoughts here. One is what I always think of still, and I know eventually will change and they have started to try to change it, but like in in addition to like the older veteran guy, the Kings have also been very willing to take the player with good hands who can't skate. <laughs> so they kind of maybe have disadvantaged themselves in that way, um, which also makes me constantly think, I don't know why the Arizona, Arizona Coyotes keep like dicking around with Dylan Strome. He can't skate. He belongs in the Los Angeles <laughs> Kings. <laughs> what are you doing? He's huge and he's slow. Why is he not in Los Angeles? Just... Give him to the Kings, Arizona Coyotes. You yep, don't even that, like him. That's pretty come much on. like the checklist for the Kings, so you might as well come over. <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, that, that's super annoying to see someone with like great hands and great skill, but they're like running behind. Like they're the person that dies in a horror movie because you're just yelling like, Dylan, <laughs> come on, you're going to die. Like <laughs> right. The T-Rex is coming after you. It's like, I'm trying, I'm trying, like, and just can't do anything. It's a real bummer. But that's the player that the Kings love. love. So that. But okay, so quick flip though. The other night, I guess it was this last game when Tyler Toffoli scored, um, there was a moment where I I think it must have been Jim Fox, obviously, because he does the color. But he was talking about how, like, oh, that goal wouldn't have happened if Tyler Toffoli didn't have great footwork. And I was I had this little stupid moment where I was like, I'm so <laughs> proud of you. That you learned how to skate. <laughs> Just a well, little I guess bit. so. I guess that's um, true. On the yeah. flip side, you can teach a dog new tricks. So you like you can start off getting crit- criticism about your skating and improve, and then be a guy that 
someone looks at and is like, that guy's a pretty good skater. He's got fancy footwork. Um, that's nice. So positive signs. But, um, I mean, it would obviously be dope to get guys who just are fast out of the gate. But I think at least the Kings have proven that they are willing to sacrifice that part of it initially because they have confidence um, in their ability to get those guys up to speed. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but, but, yeah. So... I forgot even how we got on this tangent. I think just talking about the Kings changes. But anyway, proud of Tyler Toffoli. The Kings need Dylan Strome. Really happy with um, the Kings record so far and how they're playing. And Dustin Brown doing great things. Yeah. Love it all. Just a wonderful package. Be, they've been doing great. We're so happy and optimistic right now. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's. I mean, it's better than being like, well, let's not panic. Because, you know, last season the Kings also lost their first three games. So it could be fine, guys. It's better oh, yeah, than that. Yeah, that, that lovely, like, trying to justify every lost or, like, it's okay. It's okay. I promise. All the excuses. <laughs> right, right. This feels much nicer. Speaking of new guys, one other new guy, Darcy Kemper finally got his first start with the Kings. Um, and he did pretty well. There was only, I think, the one glaring mistake that he made during... Um, the extended shift where the Kings could not get off the ice and like Folan was out there for almost three minutes. There was a moment where Kemper could have frozen the puck and then chose not to and then it eventually led to a goal against. Down moment right there, but for the most part, really solid, which is, I mean, I didn't expect less because every time he would play against the Kings, he was always really good. So at least he's, you know, staying solid. Using his powers for our <laughs> Right, yeah. We we learned from that, swooped him up. What I think is funny, every time there is a new goaltender, because Jonathan Quick has been in Los Angeles his entire career, has owned that net for several years now. So it seems like every time there's a new backup, people ask them how they're getting along with Jonathan Quick, um, which makes sense. It's his position, and he kind of owns things in that area in Los Angeles. But I just find it amusing because I guess the media acknowledges that their relationship with him is a little bit more contentious. So they're just like, is he nicer to you? <laughs> um, which is essentially what they asked Kemper after the game against the Islanders, um, if he talks more uh, to Kemper than he does with the media. And Kemper, probably not realizing exactly the relationship up to now, he was just, you know, pretty chill about it. He was like, yeah, he's pretty good with me. Quote, even tonight, I was bouncing ideas off of him between periods and during TV timeouts. Um, he's great to talk to because he knows how the team plays and what our job is and how we play within that system. So he's been a really great help to me. And then I guess someone commented, so it's like a goaltender union thing. And he was like, something like that. <laughs> yeah. I like how Jonathan Quick can't be nice just to be nice. It's, it's got to be some sort right. of like work-related right. union thing, <laughs> like according to the reporters. <laughs> Only nice and forthcoming circumstantially, um, which I find just hilarious every time because I feel like any other time you see him outside of work or hear about him outside of game days and post-game interviews and stuff like that, he's everybody describes him as kind of like the life of the party type. Um, so I'm forever fascinated by... By the, like, sullen, uh, sullen teenager we get when we get things from the media sometimes. And it's like, well, yeah. if you're spending an entire article talking, like, picking apart his play, you know, sometimes it's not going to be too forthcoming um, right. about <laughs> talking to you. So... Uh, understandable. But yeah, it is really funny to see the sort of like Jekyll and Hyde situation there. And the constant like, just want to check in. Is he still like that? Is he different with you? What's going on? They just want Jonathan Quick to talk to them more. <laughs> and he's never going to do never. it. It's really it's hilarious. <laughs> it's really great. Okay, I think that was pretty much all of the stuff that I had noted for the Kings this week. Anything else on your mind? Nope, it's just uh, more way. I was mostly, the part that I was most astounded by was all the power play goals. Like I knew that they weren't yeah. really doing too many of them, um, or I guess in this case, zero, as we found out um, at the beginning of the season, <laughs> right. but it didn't seem like that noticeable. It wasn't like as frustrating because it didn't have a whole season to kind of percolate as uh, them not scoring power play goals, but then to just get punched in the face with it with like three in one game, I'm just like, you know what? This is the best. I'm feeling great about everyone right now. Uh, yeah, that was nuts. I think especially because in that game it had only sort of just occurred to me that I hadn't actually seen a power play yeah. goal. Like I was aware of it but not frustrated and then suddenly there were so many. <laughs> what wonderful timing. And for they're everyone. having like shorthanded goals too. Man, it's a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Around the league, some other people are having good times too. I just want to 
and also bad ones in ways that please me. <laughs> so, so one that makes me sad because I like him is the Oilers. Leon Dreisaitl is on IR now, I believe, officially. He had an eye injury and is also experiencing concussion sy- symptoms, which I guess means they didn't get an official diagnosis yet, but he probably has a concussion. So that sucks because I really like him and also his adoration for Andre Kopitar forever. So I always wish him well. But what I do like, not totally related to him, but um, that the Oilers, even though they won that first game and Connor McDavid had a hat trick, they've lost every game since. <laughs> How wonderful. Oilers gonna Oiler. I love it. We thought stuff had changed, but maybe not. It just reminds me of last season. We're like, oh, like we, ho- we hope certain players do well, but Oilers, you cannot do well in the playoffs. It is nothing. <laughs> yeah. Do not do it. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, they've had some struggles, including, like, a, like a 6-1 loss, I think, most recently. So, rough times over there, but great times for me. <laughs> also in the Pacific Division, Marc-Andre Fleury is out with a concussion. That's a bummer. So, more bad luck there. Yeah, that really That's sucks. a bummer. I really liked Marc-Andre Fleury's sort of renaissance with the um, the Knights because everyone was so stoked on him. You know, it was a different look, a different team. Same thing with the Kings. Like, everyone's getting shaken up. And uh, he got too shook up because now he has a concussion. But uh, I was very excited to see how well he was playing and um, sad that he is down for the count right now. I hope that the recovery is as quick as it can be. Um, because, yeah, I was really enjoying like watching him get this fresh start with another team. And Vegas has been doing pretty well so far. So it's rough that that is going to be put on pause for a flurry. Yeah, it's a bummer. Um, meanwhile, though, the Golden Knights have been up to several things digitally. Well, one of this also affects their in-games. Um, they announced a new mascot. And I will confess, I didn't know what the hell it was at first. I was like, it's a lizardy thing. It might be a dinosaur. It also has weird, like, stone square features on his face. Why does it look so weird? Why is it that I was color? Just like, Are Gila monsters that I, color? I was like, what Pokemon is this? <laughs> right. I think it might be Sanshu. Uh, it might be something else. I'm not sure. Um, but it's not great. So it's a Gila monster named Chance. I don't know why he's named Chance. I didn't look at that I, part, I assume, like, but... the, the gambling sort of, like, background of it all. That makes sense. That would be my guess. But that's such like a strange know. mishmash of things. A Gila monster named Chance. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, that's what they did. Whatever. At least uh, he looks fine. Like, I don't know what he is, but <laughs> it was hard to tell the first time around. Still going to call him a Pokemon, but at least he's not as frightening as, like, Spartacat or right. something <laughs> like that, because that is still legit. The Oilers mascot that they announced, the is still terrifying. What is that thing? I forgot. I knew at one point, but <laughs> but I forgot. All I know is it's scary as hell. And I would really, I really hope there's someone keeping account of the amount of children that cry looking at that animal because I'm a grown ass woman and I would probably feel extremely uncomfortable around him. So it's, I don't know how children are handling it's it. It's a lynx, but the lynx looks terrifying. Also, the mascot's <laughs> yeah. name is Hunter. So that oh, no, does not fill it does not fill me with uh, great joy and confidence. There, okay, I'm looking online though, and there are pictures of kids smiling. I can't tell if it's photoshopped. I don't know. Oh no! But all the sociopath kids who are faking it. <laughs> it looks so those are the only evil. Why are the teeth so sharp? <laughs> Why is it named Hunter? I hate I it. I don't get it. At least Chance is not terrifying like that thing. Um, so even if people don't know what it is, they could have done a lot worse. That's true. See? So they're still coming out ahead uh, in that respect. I'll just keep thinking of it as a weird Lego lizard named Chance. Yes. Um, that's fine. One place that they fell flat, though, is their Twitter has been experimenting a lot with chirping and things like that like teams do and for the most part i think people like them they've had a couple missteps that were not offensive like that random game where they decided to like write a message but also spell out the word tie with the way that the words were written and really just kind of resulted in the message itself making no sense when you tried to read it like a human (laughs) so so usually it's been stuff like that where they try stuff and it's like man yeah it's like you you tried uh good attempt but Right, right. You know what? Keep experimenting with things. Let's see where this goes. 
But in their game against Boston, they decided to make as many Boston references as they could, I guess, and also typed in an accent for a lot of it, which whatever, but one place where they misstepped pretty much from the beginning of that whole attempt and have now since deleted these tweets is they decided to announce Boston's lineup by referencing the movie Ted and listing all of the players' names as um, women's names. And in the movie, they're supposed to be like white trash girl names. So they did all of that. And everybody was like, "Mm, it's not great. You should probably not do this because it makes you look super misogynist. So, and at first they doubled down on it. They were like, oh, I guess we're just not going to make Ted reference jokes anymore. And it was like, well, your first mistake was referencing Ted. That was your first mistake. Yeah, probably not the best, uh, I was about to say film, the best movie to um, draw from. The best flick. Yeah, best flick. (laughs) So that was the first problem. And then kind of doubling down on it and at first kind of refusing to see why people were uncomfortable or didn't like it, I was like, "Mm, it's a bad day on Twitter for Vegas. And they've only been here for a few months. Rough time. Yeah. uh, I mean, the NHL is always wanting to grow the game. The Kings played in China. You know, like, uh, there's you can play happening. They want to appeal to girls. Great. Um, Not great if teams' official Twitters are doing things like this. Also, yeah. you're an expansion team. Like, how many <laughs> digs can everyone else do on you? <laughs> like, come on. Take it down. Just a just couple a notches. Big mistake by them on that. I'm glad that they did eventually just delete the tweets. But, of course, the internet is forever. Everybody already knows about it. So there are articles. But at least they eventually saw the error of their ways. And hopefully they are smarter about that in the future. Because it was bad. Um, a side note. I saw the pictures of what the... Uh, Golden Knights ice crew are wearing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, But I saw what you said about it, and it made me laugh so hard. I don't know if it's just because I was hungry, but (laughs) it was also... Okay, so they are wearing what amounts to either looking like a spacecraft covered in like that gold foil, or, (laughs) as you said... Honey baked ham. That was the first thing on my mind when I saw it, and and I saw the game too, where they had that cutaway of the players. I was like, "Wow, you look just like a honey baked ham." <laughs> I'm super ready for Christmas dinner right now. I can't wait. <laughs> what a choice! And I mean, it's I think it's only on the guys. The women, of course, wear some like crop top skirt thing that is maybe pleather, and but the guys are wearing that weird foil thing. <laughs> <laughs> that make them look super ready to be picked up out of a supermarket. <laughs> uh, and I love it for that. I, I love it too. Um, I love I love this whole new expansion team and trying to find their footing with like all of their successes and all of their missteps. And I'm going to say Honey Baked Ham look, maybe a misstep. <laughs> you think they're going to change that eventually? Maybe they're, maybe they're, it's like an homage to all of the Vegas buffets that can be found. I don't know. <laughs> so they were like, how else can we do Vegas thematically? I got it. Oh, man. Hams wrapped in gold. <laughs> Look, like Halloween is very close. I really just want somebody to find some like random like felt hat that's like half of a ham, basically, and just put it on their head and it'll be perfect. Set. Done. You're in your work uniform and your costume. You've nailed it. Oh, God, that would be absolutely amazing. I would also like for just, like, someone else to do that and have to explain their costume to literally everyone. <laughs> like, they'd have to have all of those photos at the ready on their phone being like, all right, so this is the, like, this real meta thing going on here. This is the original outfit. This is what I'm going for. Honestly, I hope they play. I don't know what their schedule is at all, but it would be wonderful if they played at home around Halloween so that a fan could show up like that and they're, like, makeshift gold um, wrapping paper. <laughs> <laughs> but done up specifically to look like a honey bake ham. That would actually just be me <laughs> if I lived in Vegas. <laughs> I don't even dress up for Halloween usually, but I would do that. I mean, it's, it's not too far away. I'm just saying. Um, but I, <laughs> Make a quick I definitely, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. You know how like you go on Google and you just start typing whatever it was that you were thinking of. Um, so I'm trying to look up Golden Vegas night schedule and immediately just wrote honey baked ham schedule. So I know the hours of like my local, you know, honey baked ham store, uh, which is not what I wanted to know. But I guess I'm very happy to know now. Yeah, it's sort of the same, sort of but the not same. really. They do play. They don't play at home on Halloween. Ugh. 
No. They play they play the, the 27th, a Friday night at home, and they play actual Halloween in New York. So that's a bummer. Hmm. Yeah. Somebody will have to just do it for the 27th, I yeah, guess. Yeah, do it, everyone. Or really ambitious road fan, go to New York and make it happen. Yes. Oh, that would be phenomenal. They, I am having a lot of fun for the most part with the Golden Knights, with the exception of their latest misstep. Um, I, I like watching them sort of flail around <laughs> and figure out what they're doing. It's fun. We weren't around for the the expansion before, so now we got one. It's cool. Yes. And it's great time. It is a great time. Something, okay, so I love the Tampa Bay Lightning. I love them. Specifically, I love Nikita Kucherov. He's amazing. And he has, I just want to say, even my notes now are outdated because he scored again in today's game, but he has seven goals in six games. He scored in each of the first six games that Tampa's played, which is a franchise record. I don't know other player has ever done that before. So that's really cool. Related to that, he is often playing with Steven Stamkos. And so, of course, naturally, people wanted to interview both of them about the chemistry of that line, just how well Kudrov is doing, et cetera, et cetera. So there was this article. The headline is Chemistry Undeniable for Stamkos Kudrov. But then when I started to read it, it goes in this very different emotional direction. <laughs> and it says, Steven Stamkos feels like he goes back in time whenever he steps on the ice with Nikita Kudrov. Already, we're in a territory I did not expect. Quote, I think playing with Cooch is probably the closest for me personally to having that chemistry that I had with Marty St. Louis, Stamkos said. It's a tough thing to find in this league, that chemistry. So then actually this whole piece is about how, I don't, like, is weirdly and amazingly emotional and that it's all about Steven Stamkos looking at Nikita Kucherov and being like, Marty St. Louis, I love you and I miss you, basically. Yeah, there's um, some real longing in some of these quotes. <laughs> And just super enjoying uh, playing with Kudrov. But then, like, so you would think maybe it would be one of those things where they ask Kudrov, and he would just be like, oh, yeah, we have good chemistry. I guess it's sort of like St. Louis. But actually, he totally also has his own layers of emotions about Marty St. Louis and how apparently he always really wanted to get to play with St. Louis and um, Stamkos at the same time. But it never worked out because I think right before, Four, it says. Hold on, where? Oh yeah, he made his debut with Tampa Bay two weeks after Stamkos broke his legs against broke his leg against the Bruins. Um, the day that Stamkos announced he was coming back was also the day that St. Louis was traded. <laughs> what is this fortune for Nikita Kucherov? So he has always hoped that he could play with both of them. Didn't get to. Now really like enjoys and savors being able to play with Stamkos, um, and he would. Talk about how he would watch them. And this sounds just like such really a rom-com. There. <laughs> yeah. It is a very emotional story that Netflix optioned and greenlit, and I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> so I just wanted to point that out, this surprisingly emotional article yeah, so about their it connection. It definitely for sounds movie. like a rom-com because <laughs> yeah. Steven Stamkos is using Nikita Kucherov as some sort of like surrogate uh, replacement uh, Marty St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Nikita Kucherov has always wanted to play with Steven Samkos and, like, with Marty St. Louis, but he is, like, looking at this ideal lineup and he's trying to fill their shoes. And, like, I feel like at some point he's just like, can't you just see me for me, Steven? Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not St. Louis' replacement anymore. Please love me I'm for me. I'm setting late. records now, Steven. <laughs> Look at Jeez. me. Love me for me. <laughs> Uh, that's why I see this one going. That was it was like a strange. I was like, "What's going on right now?" Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Wow, this got really deep." And I'm. I mean, I really appreciate it, but I also was not prepared when I started reading. I mean, the power of friendship equals great hockey chemistry and magic. So, hey, uh, I'm down for it. I'm very into seeing what Stamkos and Kucherov are going to do in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, especially because Stephen Stamkos has struggled a lot with injuries, yeah. so. I don't think we've really seen them play together for a super, super extended period of time. So I personally would love, you know, have that, keep that up um, and see where it goes, especially since they apparently feel very strongly about each other. Um, Yeah. And then the other layer was they actually asked St. Louis about some of this stuff, too. And he was talking about, like, the similarities that he sees in them, but also the way that, like, the relationship has evolved and the tables have turned. Read this article. It is (laughs) quite intense. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, and it's not even that long, but somehow they managed to pack in so much. I need to do like a, a close read breakdown of this article. That's like enter <laughs> yeah. like a whole separate podcast just about it. I quite enjoyed it. Great read for me um, today when I saw it. Um, a little tidbit, quick follow up on our silly story last week about Pickle Juice Boy Blake Coleman. Um, apparently, because he got so much attention for that little thing, a company in New Jersey called Brian Brothers that does premium pickle juice and wine bottles <laughs> sent him a case. And the most important part of that is that there's a company that does premium pickle juice in wine bottles. And I love that that is a thing that exists. Did you look up they how have... much uh, it would cost to send a variety pack to you, which is all three of their varieties? It's thirty two sixty. Don't worry about oh, it, because I looked it God. up. That's the cost of three <laughs> bottles and to ship it to California. Because I was like, ooh, I wonder what it's like. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, Midnight Drunk Me in some future may be we're, buying yeah, we're some Brian some Brothers, and I'll wake up to that on my doorstep. <laughs> oh, man. And apparently it was founded because they like drinking whiskey and taking whiskey shots and they could never figure out the perfect thing to go with it they decided that was brine and apparently all the brine available out there not to their liking so they started a brine company where they put it in wine bottles because you can have brine but also fancy oh that's wonderful oh i mean it's a i love america i I, it's great (laughs) i love that that's something that someone chose to be artisan about is like the brine um although i do love artisan pickles so i can't really uh, say I can't really rag on them too much. Um, Look, and when I get drunk, I definitely will come in and just like chug a little pickle juice for the sodium. I love sodium. I I'm more yeah. of a salt person yeah. than I am a sugar person. I am yeah, me too. all about that pickle juice. Uh, but this is hilarious. I also... I get it. <laughs> I love in the article, though, that it just said, quote, Coleman must do his own shopping for pickles prior to every game. End <laughs> yeah. quote. Amazing. And then he has complaints about it because he was like, I can't take them on the road necessarily. So I have to plan ahead. And also he like apparently he can sometimes go through a whole jar in one game. And that's just I think just drinking the brine, even though sometimes he also eats the pickles. So I'm like, do you just have jars of pickles with no brine? Like, what do you can we ask all players about their (laughs) uh, their pickle habits? (laughs) Like, regardless of if they've ever mentioned it, like. Did Coleman go into the NHL thinking that his brand was going to be Pickle Juice Boy? (laughs) Hi, my name is Blake Coleman. I play for the Jersey (laughs) Devils. I scored a goal against, I think it was Toronto, but only talk to me about my love of pickle juice. Yeah. (laughs) He's going to need a sponsorship from the Bryan Brothers, actually, if he knows what's good for him. His picture is on their website. It is so funny to me. Oh, my I love it. Some people get really into stats. I get into this. <laughs> Which is why we're always wanting to do weird behind the scenes things or see weird <laughs> right. behind the scenes things. Because like everyone, like everyone's weird in their own way. Just like all of us. Uh, and it's hilarious to see how other people are weird. It's so interesting. I love it. Everyone's little unique and idiosync- uh, like idiosyncrasies. And apparently Pickle Juice Boy. That is now his name. <laughs> yeah. That's you are, Blake Coleman Pickles. But at least I know his name, which might not be true otherwise, since I don't really watch the Devils that much. That's true. But now I know who he exactly. is. Exactly. Okay, so last thing I forgot to do last week, but I want to do this week. Are there people that you're watching, I guess whether they're actual rookies or just new to you, maybe, or they've got their first call up and so they're older but technically rookies? Um who you are excited to watch this season? Um, you know, I haven't really gotten a chance to really investigate any of the new guys or see anything. I've just still been trying to catch my old brain up with who has been traded to what team now and uh, what's going on there. But uh, let me give you a moment to talk about Charlie McAvoy. <laughs> yeah. Because that's my guy. Yep. <laughs> and he actually made his debut during the playoffs. So I don't I don't know if I mentioned him during the last podcast that we did because I can't remember exactly when that call up happened. But anyway, let's pretend I haven't talked about Charlie McAvoy and let's talk about him now. So he was playing for the Boston Terriers, which is how I know him, watching NCAA games. And also he was part of the um, NTDP. Know him from that because I try to pay attention to those prospects coming up. And he has been great. I mean, he is one of the guys who has shown talent early anyway. So he 
finished high school early so he could start college at 17 to play with college guys and older guys and get up to speed. Last season, he ended up playing for five different teams. So the Terriers, like I mentioned, the World Juniors team, Team USA, and he won gold with that team. Great times. He played with the Providence Bruins when he decided to go pro. Then he, of course, during the playoffs, got called up to the Boston Bruins, where he played mostly with Chara, I believe, and had a ton of minutes for a guy who had just started. Again, no regular season games, just playoffs. So that was awesome, and he kind of made people excited for this season, and he's already started out pretty strong. Four points in five games. He's a defenseman. Even Bob McKenzie was like, he should be in the Calder conversation. We know it's a long shot, me and Bob, because defensemen don't really win the Calder, nope. but we're rooting for Charlie. But I, I, I can tell that you're so happy to have Bob on your side. Yeah, me and Bob McKenzie unit. I mean, Bob McKenzie, I, would, I don't really care that much about most people in hockey media, but Bob McKenzie I would love to have a conversation with because I constantly think about that time he retweeted like a Big Sean quote or something like that and how occasionally he'll just like make these references to rap and not even just like mainstream rap like it'll be like the guys that you only hear on the radio in Los Angeles <laughs> um, like in big cities who are not really famous but you live in a metropolitan area so people listen to that kind of stuff sometimes I just want to know what his mind is like I love the transformation to Bobby Margarita <laughs> I love so much about whatever's going on with him. Uh, I just would love to know more. Yeah, he really is fantastic. You know, beyond being a great voice and, you know, opinion maker of uh, hockey, but also just him as a person. He just seems fascinating. So very happy to have um, Bobby Margarita on my side for who is in the running for the Calder. It's Charlie McAvoy. Um, oh, and the last team that he then played on after the playoffs, because he was not done yet, was he went to go play for Team USA at the World Championships. Really busy season for Charlie. And now he is trained more and he's starting off hot with the Bruins and he got his first goal. I'm excited. That's who I am watching a lot of this season on top of people that I already liked last season. Um, so, yeah. What's my pitch for Charlie? I have not been watching a lot of Bruins games, so I do. I'm. I I know who he is because I know you, and so therefore <laughs> I have yeah. had to see this. But I I know what he looks like. All right, I've seen him play, but every time in my head I'm just like, he's James McAvoy as Professor X. How is he a defenseman? He's actually <laughs> paralyzed. I don't understand. <laughs> Because it's like a mash of the names. It's Charles Xavier and James McAvoy. So he is (laughs) just one mishmash of that person. And I don't get how he's playing hockey. And why isn't he in Westchester running his mutant school? That is pretty amazing. I had never thought about that. That is all I think of. And then like, it's like the first thought. And then I'm like, oh, wait. Wait, wait. Somebody different. (laughs) Not the guy. And he looks nothing like... No, I tried to describe him to a mutual friend of ours um, who is a Bruins fan. And when I was like, you need to watch out for this guy. And anyway, I described him as looking like Chipmunk, but also McLovin. That's what Charlie looks like, because he's got these really puffy cheeks, but also he kind of looks and sounds like the kid who Christopher Vince Plast, that's his name, who played McLovin. So that's Charlie. Um, But he's wonderful. An inside joke that he has with a lot of his friends that I notice a ton now is, I guess, during the before the draft last season when Austin got drafted. So they were on TSN, the top prospects. And for some reason, the question came up or the comment came up, who would look best in a crop top? And both Austin Matthews and Matthew Kachuk were both like, started talking about Charlie, and Austin's reasoning was because he has a mature frame. <laughs> so now constantly... Oh, that's such a weird, that's such a weird thing to say about a person. <laughs> yeah. So now constantly, like, when you see them talk about each other, especially, like, the NTDP guys um, who've known each other since they were, like, early teens, and so they all have these those weird, like, young boy inside jokes, they constantly talk about charlie's mature frame like instagram comments like everybody mentions that they're obsessed with his body it is weird but hilarious um and now you're all gonna notice it too so i just had to tell you that yeah now i can't unhear it i'm like are you describing some sort of prized horse charlie mcavoy mature Mature frame. frame 
Oh. Yeah. And they kind of did it on purpose because I think the lead in, I haven't seen the video pretty much since that interview happened, but I think the lead in was they were talking about the combine and everybody's consensus was essentially that it's pretty kind of creepy because they focus on your body so much. And so that, like, I think the crop top thing was born out of that because they all wear those, like, little tight shirts and stuff to try to, I don't know, be as comfortable as possible during this whole grueling experience. And so out of that, out of the combine is kind of creepy, we wear, like, little tank tops and shorts. Uh, who would be the best in the crop top? Let's talk about Charlie McAvoy's mature frame. Anyway. I'm weirded out about the- that phrase, but thank goodness for the reporter who asked that. <laughs> So that's the uh, long explanation of an inside joke from <laughs> that is persisted now for over a year. Uh, yeah, just thought that everybody should be aware. If I have to know it, you have to know it. Great, thanks a lot. I kind of want to. I kind of <laughs> want to tell someone they have a mature frame, but I want to keep my friends, so I won't <laughs> do that little experiment. Yeah, there's no context to make that sound natural. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, yeah, and that's all I got. Let's end on that creepy note. <laughs> um, Anything else on your mind before we get out of here? Uh, no, I just hope that the Kings and their mature frames continue to do well uh, <laughs> for this coming week. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> um, at least the Kings don't really, I mean, since they don't bring up super young guys, it's not like they have teens that people talk about that way. Uh, so that's nice. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, instead we'll just continue talking about uh, Tyler Foley's great hair. He's of age now. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, and Adrian Kembe tried to make fun of him the other day for his flow to say that Adrian was saying that his was better. But I don't know. Adrian doesn't have the curls. Yeah, but he Adrian Kembe does have pretty good hair, though. It's pretty luscious. He, I, I'm, he's. It's clearly a point of pride with him, also. So, uh, credit to Adrian and the work that he does on his hair. Yeah, he, he's definitely he keeps that well-groomed so <laughs> good for him yeah oh side note uh mario kempe scored his first goal in the nhl yeah so i saw that, that. Nice. hooray hooray for the kempe brothers yeah i'm excited for them now i would like adrian to score and then all will be well See, okay that's okay that's the the hope for this week that's that. okay the next time that we record goals for adrian kempe and alex i follow just basically everybody who seems to be really buzzing for it I want them to get that satisfaction by the time we come back. It's their week. They got to do it. Yes. All right. I think we can head out on that note. Um, As always, you guys know where to find us on Twitter, mostly, um, at ThanksBud. You can email us still if you want to, chirp at ThanksBud.com. That still works. Otherwise, be good to each other. Take care of yourselves. And we will see you next, or see you, talk to you next week. Goodbye, friends. Bye, everyone.